All right. Good morning. Good to see everybody here. So uh, what if, what if, now this is rhetorical. Please don't yell out loud the answer because we don't, uh, I don't want you to show a faith off that you don't have nor incriminate yourself. Um, What if, what if God called you, God called you to a people group who uh, their goal was world domination by violence and terror. They were headquartered in the northern part of Iraq, and their next focus was on God's people. What if, what if God calls you to such people group? Now bottle up that emotion, now bottle up that emotion, that fear or, or anger or hatred or racism or overwhelming. Bottle up that emotion, and that's what this series is going to be about, is that emotion. What if God calls us to a people? And really this series called I Am Second, which we, you know, Lydia wants me to make sure I say, we ripped off of somebody else, you know, the name I Am Second, I Am Second.com, a ministry uh, that uh, does videos that we're going we're gonna to see. Uh, but uh, but this, 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 this series is about the God of second chances and about what are we as Christians and how does God want us to respond as Christians in a violent Evil, wicked, nasty, bad world. I mean, there's no two ways about this. And it's about a guy, so many of you know where we're headed, about a guy by the name of Jonah. Now, we remember him as the fish-eating guy, right? He got ate by a fish, you know, nice. Those of you who grew up in, in, in Sunday school, you know, the kid, kid flannel graph, and, and it, which boggles, the more I think about this, the more it boggles my mind that we actually made this into a kid's story. Dude doesn't do God's will, gets eaten by a fish. Hey, kid, nice to have you in Sunday school. Don't get eaten by a fish, right? right? That's, that's great, right? Not really a kid's story. But maybe we don't know much beyond that, about how this guy got eaten by a fish. And maybe some of you, that's where you struggle with church, is that we actually believe a dude got eaten by a fish. But what happens, what happens in a world where violence reigns true how do we respond and it actually it actually looks a little bit like the hunger games it's a little bit like the hunger games in the dystopian world where anger and violence rules what does mercy and compassion look like in that type of world and so jonah 1 1 I encourage you just to follow along in, in our app or the Bible app or on the screen. Jonah's a little hard to find in the Old Testament. It's right next to Obadiah. There you go. That's a, yeah. So, one of the smallest books of the Bible. That your reference points is Obadiah. There you go. So, you might want to use the table of contents. Jonah 1.1. 1, 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up. Go to the great city. Great city isn't because they're awesome. It's because it is big. The great city of Nineveh and preach against it because their wickedness has confronted me. Now we read that and we're like, okay, yeah, 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 everybody's wicked in the Bible. So we don't really think about it. But, 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 but the Ninevites, Nineveh was the capital city of Assyria. And Assyria at this point in time in the world, uh, in this point in time in history, the Bible doesn't happen as a fairy tale. It happens in history because it really happens. Uh, 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 the Assyrians were trying to take over the world and they were utilizing terror to do it. Now, their next, uh, their, their, their next focus was on the northern kingdom of Israel. 
And Nineveh, Nineveh, as we see in this map, Nineveh uh, is, is in the ancient Mesopotamia, but in modern-day Iraq. That is the northern part of Iraq. Mosul is across the Tigris River from Nineveh. Those of you that keep up with current events know that ISIL is headquartered, or really one of the main cities of, of uh, ISIL is Mosul. Nineveh, Ninevites, Assyrians, they were so evil. How evil were they? They were so, they, glad you asked. How, they were so evil that they would come in, they would ask you to surrender, they would ask a city to surrender. Uh, if you did, they would, come, they would bring you and, and, and integrate you as part of, part of their culture. If you didn't, if you didn't, they had the best uh, uh, tactics, war tactics. They had the best technology of war, and they were just meaner than you. So they would seize the city, they would uh, breach the walls, and they would come in and pillage and plunder and rape the city. Now, a couple of the things that they really liked to do was this. They would fillet you, like you would a fish. They would fillet you. They would save your skin as a trophy of war and um, carry it around so that other cities can see how evil, wicked, bad, nasty they were. Another particular tactic that they liked to do, uh, they would lubricate a certain southern region of your body, use a, a pole that was rounded on top, hammer it into said southern region, jab it into the ground and leave you there to die. Now, it was rounded instead of pointed so that it would just move the innards, not pierce them, and leave you to die an excruciating death over the next few days. That was one of their particular methods of torture. Some cities, instead of surrendering, instead of uh, uh, experiencing that, they would just commit mass suicide. So here we have a people group in northern Iraq who loved cruelty and torture, was looking for world domination, and had God's people next on their list. Anybody read the headlines this week? Does that sound like now? So when the Bible says nothing new under the sun, for 2,700 years, nothing has changed. But we see in Jonah how God wants us to respond in times like this. He calls out to Jonah, go to these people and preach to them. How does Jonah respond? Well, we see what happens when we're not second through Jonah. Because the longer we're in church, the more we're around religion, the more we can respond like Jonah and never know it. So Jonah, however, got up to flee to Tarshish, I'm going to say Spain because that's where it is, and it's easier to say Spain for me than Tarshish, so Spain, from the Lord's presence. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Spain. He paid the fare and went down into it to go to them to Spain from the Lord's presence. Now, that last phrase is humorous to us, right? Like, theologically, we cannot flee from God's presence. Well, we all know that's true, and Jonah knows that's true. However, that doesn't mean that we don't try to do that, right? See, the first way we know if we are no longer second and we've put ourselves back on the throne of our life is if we're trying to outrun God. 
Well, I'm in church every week. Well, we can be in church and still try to outrun God. In fact, that could be one way that we use to outrun God. Hey, God, quit calling me to something. I'm in church every week. You know, Jonah's like, I'm running away from you, right? Right? He worshiped, but he was running away from God. And look, it'd be easy to run away, right? I mean, imagine, it's clear as day. God's saying, hey, 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 go to ISIS. The fear is real. It's real. But we find out from the rest of the story, Jonah's problem wasn't the fear. It was the hatred and racism towards the people. They tried to outrun God. And maybe we're trying to outrun God's mission in our life. Maybe for some of us, we, we, we try to outrun God, not through mission, but we try to outrun God through morals, through righteousness, or really unrighteousness. And maybe that's what we've experienced in our past. Maybe that's what we're experiencing now. The only antidote to outrunning God is surrendering. Because look, 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 we're in church. We already said this. It's crazy to think that we can outrun God, right? But we try. The only way to give up is to surrender. And the way that we say that here is simply by hearing and following. Wherever you are, stop, surrender, hear, and follow. Maybe you struggle with the whole God, church, Jesus thing. Maybe for you, hearing and following is coming back another week and coming back another week. Maybe getting some of your questions answered about God and about church and about Jesus. That's the next step. For others of you, the next step maybe is giving. Trying to outrun God through giving or not giving. Maybe it's serving. Maybe it's that tug on your heart that's maybe been there for years for something. You're just like, not me, God. Not me. Stop trying to outrun God. Why? Because the God of comfort and security is a false God. This was Jonah's God. He didn't go bow down to an idol. He had the lower G God of comfort and security. How do I know? Well, the story continues. Then the Lord hurled a violent wind on the sea. Such a violent storm arose in the sea that the ship threatened to break apart. The sailors were afraid. Now, when old, crusty, hardened veteran sailors are afraid of a storm, this is a doozy, right? This is George Clooney perfect storm. If he was really a sailor. And each cried out to his God. They threw the ship's cargo into the sea to lighten the load. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, Jonah had gone down to the lowest part of the vessel and had stretched out and fallen into a deep sleep. But I have peace about my decision. Well, great. You're running away from God. But but, but, uh, the last series, you talked about peace being something God gives you. Yes. But I also talked about during the podcast sermon, for those of you really religious listening to the podcast-only sermon, that we can set up hope, joy, peace, faith, and love as religious false idols that God has to get our attention to knock down. And Jonah's done this through comfort and security. And look, 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 we're in suburbia America. 
That's our God right there. Comfort and security. That's our God. That's the God we chase after. That's the God we raise our kids to chase after. We, you kid, 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 you go to college so that you can get a good job and have good comfort and security so that you can then take care of me when I can't take care of myself, right? That's the American dream. But see, when our God is comfort and security and we refuse to hear and follow, we will never see God's power in our life. We may be, might get to witness God's power in somebody else's life vicariously like we do you know, through, through reality TV shows and living life vicariously through somebody else. But we don't get to see God's power when we refuse to hear and follow because of comfort and security. See, God wants us on mission so that he can have his power run through our life so that we can see other people come to know him. But I'll be in over my head and God won't give me anything I can't handle. Guess what? That's not in the Bible. But I quoted it. Great. You're quoting a culture verse, not a Bible verse. He said he won't tempt you more than you can handle, but he wants us in over our heads. Why? We don't need his power if we're not in over our heads, right? We don't need a God if we're not in over our heads with life. So if we go after comfort and security, we really don't need a God. We live, as some have said, as practical atheists. We say that we worship God with our mouth. However, we don't need him in our life. See, if we do not hear and follow God, if we don't, as some have said, get out of our comfort zone, which I think that's somewhat of a false nomer as well, we'll never see God's power work in our own life. That kind of leads us to the third way of figuring out if we're not second anymore. And actually, you might actually push back on this one, but we'll address it. He answered them. I'm a Hebrew. Well, uh, set up a little bit more. So they woke Jonah up somehow, um, slapping him, you know, smelling sauce, whatever. Woke him up. They cast lots, and the lot landed on Jonah. And they were like, you told us that you were running away from God, but what are you really, what are, who are you really? Jonah answered them, I'm a Hebrew. I worship Yahweh, the God of the heavens, who made the sea and the dry land. He spoke contextually to them. They, they understood that. Then the men were even more afraid. They weren't now afraid of the storm. They were afraid of Jonah and whatever this Yahweh is. And said to him, what is this you've done? The preacher getting preached at, right? The men knew he was fleeing from the Lord's presence because he had told them. I mean, he wasn't hiding this thing. He's like, I'm fleeing away from God. They're like, yeah, whatever. Just get on. You paid your fare. So they said to him, what should we do to you to calm this sea that's against us? 
for the sea was getting worse and worse, he answered that, pick me up and throw me into the sea so it may quiet down for you, for I know that I am to blame for this violent storm that it's against you. And maybe we look at Jonah and say, oh, look, he's going to sacrifice for those guys. The only problem with that is the rest of the story. Spoiler alert, he actually would rather die than to go to them Ninevites. Wait a minute, that's not proper English. I know. Because we use the word them for a point, for a purpose in our life, don't we? We'd rather die. We know we're not second when we become the sacrifice. When we want to sacrifice for God. Like, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've, I've been told all my life, all my life in church that I'm supposed to sacrifice for God. But if I sacrifice for God, what's the, what, who's the subject? Me, right? Me. I'm back on the throne. I'm in control of the sacrifice. God's not. See, Jonah wanted to sacrifice himself so that God would leave him alone. The storm was about God getting Jonah's attention. Jonah wanted God to leave him alone. God wouldn't leave him alone. God's not going to leave you alone either. Because he wants to give you a second chance. But some of us, some of us sacrifice, some of us sacrifice in order, in order to get God to love us. Because of our past. My past is too bad. I need to sacrifice in order to get God to love me. Look, 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 look. No matter how bad your Mardi Gras was, there's no Lent that can make up for it. No matter how bad your Mardi Gras was, there's no Lent that can make up for your Mardi Gras. Jesus has already done that. Jesus dying on the cross is the sacrifice that we need. That is our second chance right there. And we don't need to sacrifice anymore. Now, when we hear and follow, will we sacrifice? Absolutely. But what's the focus? Jesus in hearing and following, not the sacrifice that we can do. Seems like a thin line. But just like 1% off when we're, when we're shooting at a target, the farther away we get, the bigger we miss. It's not us that's a sacrifice. It's Jesus. And then we, we, we hear and follow to see what He can do with a life surrendered to Him. Ironically, Jonah's name means dove. Which is the symbol of Peace, right? Peace. So what's God saying in Nineveh? I'm sending you peace. Sending you peace. There's wordplay and irony and sarcasm all over this book. Now today, through His cross, Jesus has reconciled the world to God. And his church is his Jonah, is his dove, is his telling the world, the nations, I want to have peace with you. Stop running. 
do we want to get involved in that mission? Do we want to get involved in that mission? Or are we good with sitting in a seat? See, Jesus told his disciples, go to all nations. And then God gave John, one of the disciples, a picture of what that's going to look like for all eternity. Revelation 7, 9. After this I looked, and there was a vast multitude from every, 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 every. The Greek there means every. Nation, tribe, people, and language, which no one can number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were robed in white, which means purity, with palm branches in their hands. Now, a lot of times, if you've been around church, you've heard this, and you kind of picture, you know, like the African nations standing before God with white people, which is appropriate, it's true. But you've probably never thought of somebody from ISIS standing there with you. That can't be! Who's right, us or God? Every means every people group. You know what that means? There are people in ISIL and ISIS right now open to the gospel of Jesus Christ. No way. I know a guy. Pastor acquaintance of mine down in Dallas-Fort Worth. He started making local friends with Muslims and imams and etc. And through hearing and following just never ceasing to walk through whatever open door he had to to gain relationship and serve Muslims, he found himself on the back of an artillery truck in, in the worst parts of Afghanistan and Iraq. Next to guns that we only see in movies. Were they his prisoner? Is he alive? Yeah, he's preaching this morning. You know what they were talking about? God, Jesus, Allah. Muhammad, the Trinity. He said, one of the things that that keeps them from from accepting Christ is the Trinity. The theology of the Trinity. He said, because of their questions, because of their questions, I have become, I have gotten a more uh, thorough knowledge and, 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 and understanding of the Trinity. And I envy him. Not because I want to be on the back of that truck. Some of you may be like, that'd be cool. Great. When was the last time you and I had a conversation with anybody about Jesus? It's far from him. Here he is among people who we would say would have no heart for the gospel. Sharing the gospel. Are we going to be God's dove to every nation? Now this isn't, this isn't like, oh, and I got you know, a call that we're going to go to Iraq next week. No, 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 no. But are we going to get involved right here, right now, among our own people group? Whether it's to give to the Rescue and Rebuild mission, whether it's to get involved in a team, because this, this, this isn't, isn't church. This is the church doing something so that those far from Him can have a glimpse of Jesus. Is it getting involved in Night Light, a community kitchen, Tuesday night? See, Lori, Tuesday night, and go, go serve those that are lonely. The Republic Community Pregnancy Center. Talk to Debbie. Go with her and serve. 
Nightlight's going to have training coming up, and we'll do a better job of putting that in front of you as, as, as this year goes along. Maybe there's something, something else that God's tugging in your heart, but you've said no to for months, maybe years. Faith isn't a leap of faith in the right direction. Faith is, what about Bob, baby steps, like, like you, you didn't cut the thing from Kmart away from your shoes. That's still faith. It's not nailing your feet to the ground and it's not running in the opposite direction. What's that next step? What does God want you to do to get involved in his mission of rescuing and rebuilding? We have a phrase of serve big that we want to look at. We want to, 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 to do this next year. What is that? What is that? For those of you that's, that's confused still, pray. Jesus, how do you want me to get involved? How do you want me to get involved of your rescue uh, or your mission of rescue and rebuild? How do you want me to get involved? Because he wants us as a church to get involved. And if we get involved, Think of the possibilities of this year of reaching those far from God. Let's pray. Let me follow, Lord. I thank you for this day, and I thank you that you are the sacrifice, that we don't have to sacrifice. Because there's no Lent that can pay for it. Lord, I pray that we can get involved. Those that are involved, you, 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 you keep talking to, you keep pressing in on, and keep pressing in on how, 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 how you want to do even more impact in, in, in our life and in the lives of those around us. Those not, those wanting to, but not, not knowing how, I just pray that you will impress on them, that your spirit will lead them, guide them, show them clearly how, who, Lord, give us these conversations that some people have in some of the most dramatic of places. Give us these conversations in the most normal of places. Lead us. Guide us. Spur us. Put a fire in our heart, a passion for those who need you. In your name we pray. Amen.